With everyone's uh, permission, so today's shiur is dedicated and sponsored for Rifwa Shlema of Tamar Batrifka El Narefanala and Narefanala. And also, the shiur is dedicated to Nishmat Esther Bat Israel, Malka Bat Jalinus, Chana Bat Shemuel, and Sarah Bat Moshe, Rachashem Tinicham Began Eden. So, yesterday, um, Pele Yoet uh, sp- um, spoke about the the important point of, in general, at least what, you know. Again, I don't know if I will take his his point about the extreme abuse that she says don't that he says don't say anything and don't uh, don't bring it up to other family members, especially nowadays that um, at least where we live, there's something that the country will do about it and they they will put um, a spouse in jail. Um, for that kind of behavior, but when it comes for to your average machloket um, between a husband and wife, a wife and a husband ha- must and should do their utmost um, to keep it as private as possible and not to bring it up. Uh, you know, not to go back to their families or go back to their friends and uh, and you know disclose uh, what their what their spouse is doing to them because. For that family or for those friends, it, it will forever change the the way they view their chatan or, or view their kalan. It's something that we, we regularly always teach couples. Um, and it's a, it's, an, it's, it's a very important advice. Not just in regards to the relationship, but in regards to anything. And with regards to anything, but no, in particular when it comes to marriage, one of the key elements of Shalom Bayit is understanding that when a machloket um, becomes public or is in front of other people, it crosses a red line. There, there is a red line that you should beware and you should not cross um, unnecessarily, unless it's really, really horrible um, and there's something that can be done about it. But you don't argue in front of your families. You don't argue in front of your friends. Uh, it's a very, very important point. And, and the reason for it is because a lot of times afterward you regret it or afterward you go back and you make shalom with each other you make peace with each other but the very fact that you argued with somebody in front of somebody else or you brought it back to somebody else forever changes the perception of that groom or that bride that khatan or that kala um, in front of in front of their family so you you don't argue in front of them or bring it back to them uh, if you have, if you have to take it to a therapist, you go to a therapist, or you go to a, a rabbi, or you go to a professional uh, to to help you in that area. But you you don't go back to um, to your families unless unless it's somebody that between them they both agreed upon, and between them they both respect enough that they know that person's going to keep it private and uh, not say it. But it's a very very important rule. What Peleoet says the the aspect of Keep your arguments only between you. Don't um, don't lay it out in in front of others because in that moment you're upset about it. But later, whenever you make peace and you make shalom with each other, you guys are gonna be good. But that that embarrassment or that perception that your family saw or that his family saw or that either family saw is something that will remain, unfortunately, and and, and does not just change. So then, Pelewes uh, continues. Miklal ahavat isha lebalah, who shetit palel alav lifnei Hashem. And one part of the love of a wife for her husband is that she should pray for him. 
she should daven for him to Hashem ki tefilat ha'isha mitoch sheliba rach vedimata metzuya im tzoeket yel Hashem mitoch kirot liba bevaday tefilata ta'ase perot when her tefilah comes from the heart because uh, her heart is soft and and she cries um, easily in front of Hashem whenever she calls out to Hashem and whenever she davens with uh, true kavanah mitoch kirod liba from within the walls of her heart for sure her tefillah is going to bear fruit for sure her prayers will bear fruit a woman has to be careful to uh, pray for her children as well it's with the peace of her shalom of her husband and the shalom of her children she will have peace who will care for them more than she will okay, so the of course a husband also has to pray for his wife without a doubt and a husband has to pray for his children as well without a doubt but the tefillah of a woman is much more powerful than the tefillah of a man uh, and the woman's tefillah much more easily comes from the heart um, than the tefillah of the men for, for the men it should as well without a doubt but the tefillah of a woman is much more powerful and, and who can do more for her husband and for her children than the wife and the mother. And uh, he says, if I have the zikhut, I, I want to write a book of prayers for a woman, like in Aneni, the, the Pele Yoetz version of the Aneni. I don't know if you ever got to it. However, the woman should be careful that she should not um, pass judgment to Hashem um, over her husband. You know, that's the way um, Sarah Imenu did when she said to Abraham Avinu, She said, Hashem should judge uh, between you and me. And she shouldn't cry for him or cry about him. Um, in a, in through her being upset with him, she shouldn't cry out of pain um, towards him. She should cry for him. She should cry on behalf of him that Hashem should be good to him and that Hashem, she, shouldn't, she shouldn't whine to him. She no no no. She shouldn't cry to Hashem out of her pain regarding her husband. Oh. How come? Because it is true that it is incumbent upon him, it's incumbent on, upon the husband to be careful, to think, to always consider the statement of our Chachamim Sha'amru that our Rabbi said in Bava Metziah Daf Nuntet, Bava Metziah Daf Nuntet, which is the same Gemara that we quoted before about how careful a husband has to be concerning the honor of his wife. The Gemara also says that a person has to be extremely careful regarding the suffering and the pain of his wife. That he, he shouldn't think nothing of it if she is suffering or in pain on account of him. Why? Because mitoch, because the Gemara says, mitoch metsuya, since her, her tefillah comes from her heart more easily than a man. She cries more easily than a man. And the Gemara says, The gates of tears were never closed in front of Hashem. So, and therefore, without her thinking and without maybe her intending something bad to happen to him, 
Maybe her tefillah will be accepted out of her pain and out of her tears. Uh, and, can lead to disaster. And, and it can lead to disaster that can befall her husband. Um, so he must be very careful concerning her pain. But he also says, She should also realize um, the power of her tears and the power of her prayers. Something happens to her husband, she's, she's going to hurt herself. She's going to be left without him. Right? Uh, you know, it's like this, this story they say about uh, Rabbi Akiva Eger. It's a very famous story that um, there was a husband who was refusing to give a get to his wife and he was causing her all kinds of pain. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't give her a get. And he, um, he went to Rabbi Akiva Eger. Rabbi Akiva Eger says, the husband says, you know, um, the Mishnah says that a, a woman can become permitted to marry uh, somebody else in one of two ways, either beget, either with a get, or mitatabal, or with the husband passing away. Right. And once Rabbi Akiveger said that, the husband still, uh, he wouldn't give the get, he stayed strong and he wouldn't give the get, and a short time later he passed away. Also davening, huh? <laughs> so, uh, says she, she has to be careful with her tefillot. Everybody should fear me. A story that is told in the Gemara Kitubot, Be'eshed Rav Kloni, with the wife of a certain Rav. His name was uh, Rav Rechumi. The, the Gemara Kitubot over there discusses um, a Talmid Chacham, genuine like Talmidei uh, Chachamim who are learning. Um, how long are they allowed to travel without the permission of their wives? Uh, in general, when it comes to any person with any kind of job. So these are issues with uh, the Kitubayan, how much is written in the Kitubayan. How much is a husband allowed to travel without, because a husband promises his wife intimacy whenever he signs the Kitubayan, whenever, whenever he marries her. And that partially depends on his work whenever he gets married and what's the regular amount that he travels whenever he gets married. And a husband is not allowed to travel more than... So she should be informed, even today you're saying... When, when yeah, even nowadays, this this, this is a place today. Yeah, sort. if it's something that's more than what it was whenever he first got married, if it was the same as when he first got married, she knows that, or she assumes when she marries him that that's his normal. That's his, that's the routine. But if you know he wants to do more, he wants to travel more, um, the halachais, and this is what he signed off on when he wrote the Ketubah, is that it's forbidden for him to travel more than he used to without the permission of his wife. He must get her permission since it's taking away from, uh, from her intimacy. So what about Tamidei Chachamim? So the Gemara talks about Tamidei Chachamim and, and how long are they allowed to travel? without the permission of his wife. So the Gemara says that the Rabbanan, the uh, Rabbi Eliezer said, 30 days if I'm not mistaken, Rabbanan, Chachamim said that a, a Talmud Chacham is allowed to travel to learn in Yeshiva two, three years at a time. So, uh, so then the Gemara says, however, however, um, those Talmudic Chachamim that want to travel two, three years at a time, the same way certain people used to go on business back in the day, two, three years at a time, says, those rabbis, they're taking a big risk on their lives uh, if they travel two, three years on their lives. How come? Because it tells this story over here. There's the wife of Rav Rechumi. 
So he used to come back every Erev Yom Kippur. He would travel for, for a year and he would come back on, on Erev Yom Kippur to, to spend the holidays with, uh, uh, with his family and with his wife. So she was waiting for her husband to come. Erev Yom Kippur, he always comes uh, on Erev Yom Kippur. And that year he got stuck and he got caught in, caught in his studies and he was delayed. They didn't have any phones that he could send any message that, that he was delayed. The Gemara says that she cried out of pain that her husband forgot about her, that her husband was not coming coming back. And we talked to her from her pain. The Gemara says, Tekif, he passed away because of her tears. It says he was sitting in, in uh, he was sitting on a roof in an attic, and the floor uh, fell from in front of him, uh, fell before him, and he and he passed away. So the saying that uh, travel diminishes your years, not necessarily the physical travel. It's the uh, so, so, he didn't do any evil to her. He wasn't trying to paint her. He just got stuck and he got delayed. And, and she was waiting for him to come back. So the Peleyot says, number one, the men have to be careful about this. But he says, number two, he says, the women have to be careful with their tefillot and with their tears because they may not realize how powerful they are. And it can cause, even if it doesn't cause directly um, someone to pass away, it could also uh, cause, uh, cause the husband to be vulnerable. That even something small, if he does something that normally is not considered such a big risk to do, but something that is, you know, he'll be in a more, more vulnerable state. On account of her tears. Therefore, the sons, meaning the husbands, should be careful um, not to cause their um, wives to suffer, not to put their wives in pain. And the woman should be careful about crying uh, regarding their husbands. Unless they're asking Hashem for mercy um, on their husbands. So here are all of the just basic principles about the relationship between a husband and wives. So this is a big piece of it that he adds. And sometimes um, I try to always teach it as part of the Khatan class. I say, Khatan you have to pray for your spouse. You have to say tefillah. You have to say tefillah for yourself. Pray for the good of your spouse. You have to pray for the good of your spouse. There's another Sefer, Shevet Musar Kohen. So he wrote beautifully um, about how a, uh, hus- a husband and wife have to treat each other. So you wanna, if you want to learn more, go look there. They should continue acting well towards each other. So that the Shekhinah of Hashem should dwell amongst them and in their, in their home. Whenever there is Shalom in their home. And this is a responsibility of the parents. Also the parents of the husband. To teach them before they get married. Um, about what's the proper way to conduct yourself. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. So you know, to teach them what's the proper way to conduct yourself with your spouse. And this is part of why we have the Khatan and Kala classes. But... 
the uh, parents can also uh, help out. So it's also very important for them to advise their children before they get married. And they should be very careful uh, regarding the honor of their uh, parents. She should be extremely cautious regarding the kavod um, of her husband and her father-in-law and her mother-in-law. And her, uh, you know, her brother-in-laws. And the, the, the wives of, uh, of, the, of the brothers. And the, uh, and the, um, and the husbands of the sisters. Right, she should respect basically his family the same way she respects her husband. And this is a mitzvah, of course, both on the husband and the wife to respect the, each other's families and, and to not um, disregard or put down each other's uh, families. In the end of the day, though, of course, the, um, a spouse comes before anybody else. Even though we have a mitzvah of kibur avayim, and a person has to do as much as they can to continue kibur avayim, but if um, the priorities um, are conflicted and one has to do either for their spouse right now, whether it's the husband or the wife, or to do for their parents, they have to do for their spouse first. Their spouse always and uh, always always um, comes first, and they should also try to do as much as they can um, for their parents as well to keep the kibbur avayim to the extent that they can, but one spouse always comes first, one, oh, one, once a person gets married. However, he adds one more piece, and he says, I, I don't have to tell you that when our chachamim say that you should be like a haron in Pirkei Avod, you should be ohev shalom love peace and pursue peace. It's not just talking about when things are easy and when things are good. Sometimes the peace is running away from you. It says for when things are hard and things are difficult and it's challenging to find peace. You have reasons to be upset with your spouse. You have reasons to make an argument. You should do all that is in your power to pursue peace and run after peace for the sake of Hashem, for the sake of Hashem who wants there to be shalom in your house. And that way, the Shekhinah of Hashem will be in your home and there will be bracha in your home. Okay? So, Hashem, we just have a couple of lines left that we're going to finish tomorrow and we're going to continue with the next topic. Happiest Wednesday.